This podcast is part of the Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. Go to michigansportsandentertainment.com for more great podcasts. And now, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to a special bonus episode of... We're watching here! We're watching here! This is Opinionated Movie Talk with Chris and Perry. My name's Chris Williams, with me is Perry Seibert. Hi everybody! We don't get, uh, we don't get code names when we're doing a bonus episode. I gotta save those for the real shows. <laughs> but, uh, this is a special bonus episode. We're gonna do this every once in a while. Uh, for the first few episodes, this will be available on our main feed. After a bit, they're gonna be Patreon-only exclusives. So, if you wanna keep hearing these, go ahead and head over to Patreon and, uh, support the show. So one of the things we want to do every few weeks is a bonus episode where sometimes we talk about movies that might have slipped through the cracks. Either critics didn't get it, audiences didn't get it, both didn't get it, and they just are at risk of being forgotten. And we thought it'd be fun to talk about, as I know in the coming months we're probably going to be finalizing lists of best movies of the decade and things like that. We're maybe going back and looking at movies this decade that people still need to catch up with. And uh, so, Perry, I, I wanted you to do the first one here. And what movie are you talking about today? Uh, I've chosen the film, Chris, that I, I dearly, dearly love. And yes, it is all things being equal. I, I, I assume at this point it will top my list for the best of the decade. That could really? change over the next few months. I have time to think this over. But I can't. I I can't think of a film that hits the intellectual and emotional high for me that this film does. Okay, so, I'm excited. Uh, and it is it is Sarah Pauly's 2012 film Take This Waltz. Okay, okay. Uh, a film that w- is not was not widely screened in this country by any means. It got released. It was out there. Uh, I am very proud to say the Detroit Film Critics nominated it for the Best Picture uh, that year. That's when, right. When we, we voted. Uh, so I, I like to think that my brethren saw in it, saw in it what I did. Uh, I saw this movie for the first time at the Toronto Film Festival in 2011. And of course, Sarah Polly's Canadian. So this was a rock star experience. Oh, yeah. This was, this was a big deal at the time. She'd made, uh, away from her before this, was such a spectacular Fantastic. debut. <laughs> it's yeah. Unbelievably great debut film. Uh, and it stars Michelle Williams as a young married woman named Margot. She's married to a cook named Lou, who's, uh, who's, he's an author of, he's cookbooks. He's writing a book about chicken. All different ways you can cook chicken, played by Seth Rogen, in case I neglected to mention. Fellow Canadian Seth Rogen. Uh, and their life seems basically happy when she meets her next door neighbor, played by Luke Kirby, who I'm so happy has such a great role now on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He's doing a fantastic job okay. on that series, playing Lenny Bruce. He is really excellent uh, oh, on that show. I knew he was in it. I didn't know who he was Yes, playing. he's playing Lenny Bruce, and he okay. is... Uh, he, granted, he's got better material to work with, but he is outdoing Dustin Hoffman okay. in Lenny. Uh, and it isn't a love triangle. It is a story of this woman and the tumultuous feelings she's experiencing. And, uh, I, uh, I get tongue tied talking about this movie because I find it to be just a thunderously emotional experience every time I see it. I love this movie, Chris, so much. I saw it a second time before it was released. <laughs> I went to the uh, uh, the Tribeca Film Festival in 2012, and it was playing there. And I took time out to watch it again. 
I was like, I, I, I wanted to make sure I didn't just have some weird mm-hmm. moment where a movie hit me in the right place at the right time and it was a one-off shot. And I was just as rapturously moved by it. And I, I mean that word literally in the religious <laughs> and in the yeah, more yeah. Uh, secular sense. It is a film that removes me from wherever I am and puts me into this emotional state. Uh, which is what we asked for for movies, right? That's what yeah. we want. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get to. Uh, and this movie does it every single time. I am, uh, I am awed every time by how, uh, unlikable Margot is. And it's not that she's hateable, mm-hmm. but she is an incredibly flawed character. She is immature. That is made very obvious, uh, both symbolically and literally in the movie in a number of ways. Uh, to point out that, you know, she is ruining a bunch of lives, <laughs> her own and a bunch of other people's by yeah. not being able to get out of this headspace of being enamored with this other man. The uh, smoldering rickshaw driver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it is, I, I, it is a film that reminds me what it's like to feel like I am falling in love again. I don't know what other high praise I can give a movie <laughs> than that. Uh, it is, it is criminally underseen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I encourage you to seek it out. It was on Netflix for a, a bunch Very of times. I, I don't know if it still is. Uh, it's, it's around. You can still find the DVD. If you need it, look me up. I will let you borrow the Blu-ray as long as you give me a $200 deposit. I am happy to share this movie with the world. Uh, I think it's, I, I think it cannot be overstated <laughs> how great this movie is. And if you are interested, honestly, it should be seen as part of Sarah Polly's first three movies. See Away From Her, see this, and then see Stories We Tell, yeah. the documentary she made. Uh, she hasn't made a movie since. <laughs> she made a Netflix series. She wrote it. She didn't direct it. Oh, she did. I thought she directed it. She wrote it. it. She started okay. it. She didn't direct it. So she has not made a movie wow. since those three movies. And you might see why after the, after the, after the documentary. Because for me... Away from her brings up these incredible themes, uh, and you can see how they're sort of related, but certainly not the same in Take This Waltz. Mm-hmm. And then in Stories We Tell, she lays bare uh, a, a mystery in her own life, and it becomes very obvious why she was drawn to these two stories. Mm-hmm. And I cannot think of a director ever being so open about, obviously, the issues that they were drawn to yeah. in the work they chose to to make. Uh, maybe that's to the point that she then didn't feel the need to make another movie. Or, or, or for whatever reason, but oh my word, I don't know anybody who's only made three movies as good as that. It's three movies, and I feel like, I complained years ago that I was having a hard time finding movies about marriage. And then I stumbled on Sarah Polly's movies. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, I will second everything you're saying about this movie. Um, I saw this movie on the basis of your rave, you had taken oh, Facebook and raved about it. I'm so honored. Um, and it was you, and then I feel like Drew McWeeny, who was at Hit Fix at that time, okay. he saw it at Toronto, and it floored him. No one else was talking about that. No. <laughs> and, but, but I respected your review enough and Drew's review enough to say, okay, I've got to see this movie. Um, I think I saw it on On Demand. It came out on demand because I... Was it playing in Ann Arbor at all? Did it play there at all? It played... I don't remember. I mean, it's 10 it years ago now. It got such a you know, small theatrical Seven years ago. It got released, but not super yeah. wide. And I can see why. It is not a... It, 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 got, it got as much of a release it did only because of the critical and 
uh, awards yeah. success that Away From Her had. I'm convinced that's... And probably because they thought they could settle on Seth Rogen Which, <laughs> in that brief moment. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this movie... I had been married about a year at this point. Ugh. And I remember we had just gotten home from a family vacation. Kelly went out for the day. I Our son was young, and I think she took him with her. And so I sat down fully expecting to watch this romantic, happy movie... And I remember this movie haunted me for yeah. a month. Like, it bothered me. The thing I like about this movie, it's like you said, Margot is a very immature, in some ways self-destructive person with the choices she makes in this movie. But what I love, the movie is empathetic toward her. You, you understand why she's yes. doing things. You, you can judge her, I guess, but the movie, I wouldn't say the movie so much judges her as lets her follow her actions. And yeah. And it, it follows them to a point that I haven't seen a movie do and the consequences of that. And it bothered the hell out of me. It <laughs> shook me up because I'm a newlywed at that point. Yeah. And just thinking, oh. And Seth Rogen, I think he kind of got brushed off by a lot of people as just very bland, which is the role he's the point. kind of playing. He's really good at it. He has a point in the movie where he reveals... This prank he's been pulling. Oh, God, that seems devastating. It, it broke my heart. That seems it, devastating. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, Michelle Williams. She's a national treasure. She's fantastic. I, I believe I wrote at the time that if there is any question that she's the greatest American actress of her generation, there isn't now. She's so good. Uh, Luke Kirby, really good in it with a role that could have just been skeezy. Yes. And he doesn't play it that way. Uh, there is a montage at the end that is just heartbreaking, <laughs> and Sarah Silverman also. We haven't yeah, brought up her. Yeah, very good. She's really good as a key, and she she provides a uh, an important thematic counterpoint to what's going on in the movie. Yeah. And it's 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 such a smart script. Mm-hmm. It's and so that it, it's unfathomable to me that it's an original screenplay. It feels like a novel. It yeah. feels like it's based on a really great book. These are really rich characters in this movie. Completely. Yeah. I want to say one other thing, and uh, I, I guess we're going to call this sort of. I, I would like to call this a spoiler point. So if you're sure. if you're done, if you if you if, you, if we've intrigued you, thank you. Uh, if you don't want, and this isn't super spoilery, but it's something that I want to talk about why I admire the film so All much right. that is a little giveaway. Well, the movie is on Amazon, so rent it and then pause your iPod and then come Stay back here now. So what I want to say is that I think the hardest thing for, um, the hardest thing to do in any, uh, narrative form that is trying to tell you a story about real life is the fact that people, for the most part, in my humble opinion, don't change radically. They tend to make the same choices mm-hmm. over and over. And the very hard thing to do is to make that seem real without boring your audience. Because an, a story demands that people change. <laughs> That's what we expect. Right. The only two things... I shouldn't say the only two. The two things that do this the best that I've ever seen are this movie and Mad Men. Honestly, I think, I think Matthew Weiner got it right in that these people will continue to make these choices... Over and over, and we can follow them over eight years of their life, and at the end, they're going to be very similar to how they are at the beginning, but not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the stuff they've done will change them a little bit in profound ways, and I think that's exactly what this movie does. I think it shows you how someone will not get out of the rut of their life. Uh, the not rut of their life is a wrong choice. They will not be able to get out of their own psychological headspace. They are. They are. 
doomed isn't even the word I want. You are hardwired to to put yourself in these situations over mm-hmm. and over again. And I think that it reaches that profoundly. And I think it reaches it both on the page and visually with uh, a particular image of a of a uh, a, f- a fair ride. The oh gosh, I was hoping you that is that used. Yeah. Uh, you you think it's this cute visual thing, and you realize. It's actually incredibly visually important (laughs) when she's on that ride. Uh, It has an absolute perfect use of a pop song. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, The Buggles video killed the radio star. If you know the history of that song, it will help you understand why it is chosen quite specifically to be used in the moments it is in the movie. Uh, It's that rare thing for me. It's a perfect movie. It's a movie I want with me on a desert island. I, I... think it is a criminally underrated movie and I uh if Sarah Polly doesn't want to make any more movies I'm sad <laughs> and I really hope she does because I think she's uh, just a re- her those three films are a remarkable gift now I would say I don't want it to be a desert island movie because I don't know that I could ever watch this again it it dredged so much up in me like it just <laughs> yeah I, I remember in fact it was one of those movies and i think anomalisa was another one i had this reaction to oh, i turned it off thinking i don't know if i like this like it it just <laughs> like it bothered me yeah and i think that's the point of the movie is is to bother you but it got so under my skin i could not stop thinking about it for a month it ended up being my number one movie of that year oh good and um i think i had michelle williams as my favorite actress that year um but yeah, it is one I, I am terrified to revisit. Um, I think because it is a movie, you do, I, I do see, I, I don't know, there's so much truth in it about that character and about how we all are sometimes seeking something very exciting and keeping our lives, you know, just vibrant and exciting, chasing after experience after experience. And if it gets boring, shit, we want to run from that. And I think this movie makes a very smart comment on it. And it, it does it in a way that, I don't know, it makes a lot of sense to me. I, visually, it's gorgeous. Oh, it's yeah. a very colorful movie. Yes. Uh, the scene you're talking about on the carnival ride, great. There is a underwater sequence in this movie yeah. that is gorgeous. Um, and the sad thing is, the only time I ever hear this movie talked about is because you see a lot of women naked at one point. Purposefully. And, Again, and very, yes, with and, with a very, very much a point to it. And I hate that that is the legacy a lot of people have of this. It's, <laughs> because it is such a... Smart, perceptive, and gorgeous movie, and I, I'm, I'm with you on Sarah Polly because Away from Her is great. Stories We Tell is one of the best documentaries I've seen in the last ten yes. years. Or so it's when you understand what that movie is doing and it clicks into place, it just opens up so much in your head at that point. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. So I'm really glad you brought this movie up, and I'd love to see Seth Rogen do more of this. I, I like him a lot. But he plays Seth Rogen a lot. Uh, yes, and I, I, I am a. This is another. This is another conversation to have. This is a good another episode to do. But I have. I believe that both Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill are so much more capable than people believe, and so mm-hmm. and Jonah Hill's figured it out. Jonah Hill's has the respect that I think. Yes. I don't know if Seth Rogen wants it. I think Seth Rogen's really happy to be the mogul that he is. Oh yeah, I think Seth Rogen has proven himself as a writer director. But he is so like you said, he you you mentioned the key scene for him. Mm-hmm. In the movie. And there are a couple other scenes when they have the you know, when they have these weird not even fights, but odd moments of miscommunication where they are not on the same emotional page. Mm-hmm. It is real easy to misplay those as fights and he doesn't. Yeah, at all. Uh, you could easily spin this movie in a way that makes 
uh, someone more sympathetic than they should be, or more unsympathetic than they should be, and it walks it perfectly with all of the characters. It is, it's a fabulous movie. There's a version of this that exists that's made by a man in which Margot is just a bitch. And yeah. I feel oh, yeah. Sarah Polly telling the story, a woman telling the story, understands her so much more. Well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't wish to go there with it. There are versions of the story with 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 male directors that would work too. Richard Linklater would make this movie. Okay, sure. It is it is it is the before trilogy distilled down to one moment in your late twenties. Oh yeah, I mean it is it is truly that. It is it it, it, it contains the weight of an entire. It's material to be fair. Like I said just now, it is about your late twenties. Mm-hmm. It is specifically about that moment in your life, mm-hmm. and that's important that she's twenty eight. But, you know, it is not. It is not a movie about what you're supposed to learn by the end of your life. It's a movie about being in the middle yes. of your life. It's a movie that needs to be handled with care, I guess, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. And it is handled with care. And yeah, I, this is a movie. If people go out and this movie sees a bump on Amazon because of you bringing it up, good, so good, good. Please I, throw Sarah Polly a couple bucks, please. I really hoped this would be one that would just catch on over time, and I, <laughs> I do fear it's one of those movies. That risks being lost. So thank you for bringing this up. Um, do you have anything else you want to say on it? Uh, find it. Just find it. Give it a watch. <laughs> it is. It is so remarkably wonderful. And I've I've gushed over it enough. I should probably clean up the table here, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, we will be back in another week with our normal episode. Until then, Perry, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me at Perry Loves Film on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook at Perry Seibert. You can hear me every Friday morning on WLBY in the Ann Arbor area uh, on the Lucy and Lance Show or on the Lucy and Lance Show website, uh, talking about something new or old at the movies and uh, uh, probably somewhere in the middle of the third row at your closest movie theater. All right. You can find me at Mere Christianity on Twitter. You can find the show on Twitter at WatchingCast. It's also on Instagram, Facebook. And, you know, if you like the show... Visit the Patreon. Help us out a bit. And we greatly appreciate it. We'll be back next week. See ya.